0: welcome back what's up Evan Knowles I uh, just watched some Bob Meny videos <laughs> we just recorded an awesome get that out of here we just recorded an awesome episode about Black Friday and e-commerce and the future of sales um, I really enjoyed our conversation I think everybody else will too
1: yeah yeah a lot of stuff's changing around Black Friday uh, Black Friday in general is growing but uh, online e-commerce is is really taking off.
0: Let's dive into it. Let's do it. New episode on now. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. My name is Nate Anthony. So in Chicago, Illinois, here with Evan Knowles. How you doing, man?
1: Doing well. Had a long day of shopping.
0: <laughs> long day of shopping. Where'd you go?
1: I went to the uh, there's some outlet malls in a town called Simpsonville, in between Lexington and Louisville. Yeah. So I was there all day.
0: Did they have uh, deals, or was it just like, do they discount more than the outlets already do, or what was it?
1: Yeah, it was pretty big deals. Everything was like sixty percent off.
0: Nice. Can you hear that wind coming from over here? No, we, okay, I bet if you turn the volume all the way up, you could we have a blizzard, like a blizzard warning in Chicago right now, and the the snow and like ice is just like crashing against my window, and I feel like it's super wow. loud. It was supposed to be just like um rain, but then it got a lot colder, and it's that big blizzard that's hitting the midwest. Is coming over yeah, it's here raining. it's raining here in lexington yeah um well now that we've talked about the weather and had some good small talk <laughs> um good transition uh with talking about shopping earlier we decided to kind of do this episode as a little bit special around the holidays and talk about black friday and cyber monday and all this the transition in in shopping and how technology is impacting the holiday season
1: yeah it's pretty crazy some of the stats we're going to go through, you know, throughout the episode are you know pretty eye-opening on how you know Amazon, especially, and uh, Shopify and some of these other websites are really starting to disrupt you know Black Friday sales and mm-hmm. especially Cyber Monday. I mean, Cyber Monday just came out of nowhere and is centered around you know online shopping.
0: Yeah, I know Black Friday has been a thing for a long time, but for some reason in my head, like. This this craziness and the the door busters and the getting in fights and knocking down the doors and all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's a relatively recent thing, like within the last ten years, even.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to figure out more and more ways to get more people in the doors and compete with online, you know, online shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's getting more and more exacerbated and, and serious uh, because they're starting to give even bigger deals. Trying to, you know, get people to come.
0: Yeah. But I do feel like that part of it has gotten a little bit better. Like I remember five or six years ago um, when everything would open at midnight and there was a couple of years in a row where my mom would literally, we would have Thanksgiving dinner and she would do the dishes and everything would be put away and she would go to bed for like two hours and then wake up and and go shopping because she had to get there at like 1030 to get in line for the midnight opening. Uh, and it was just insanity. I feel like that has calmed down a little bit, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it definitely has. Um, and, I mean, people used to pitch tents. I mean, I'm sure they still do outside of stores like Best Buy and Walmart.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gotten better. I think, well, better is relative. I think... There's two main reasons, and we'll get into the the technology side, of course. I think it's e-commerce, you know, Amazon and and all these other platforms have had such market contributions on physical retail, Um, but also just the stores like open on Thanksgiving now. So that might be impacted by e-commerce as well, but the whole Black Friday mentality has kind of just like extended into that whole week of thanksgiving and then through the following weekend that we're in now and when this comes out it's going to be cyber monday i feel like it's all just kind of combined together yeah yeah it's four days just kind of looped
1: together and called like black friday um so yeah it's yeah. definitely become a pretty big event have you ever gone black friday shopping um i have just for fun i've never like seriously gone black friday shopping like i went to target one year and just watched people fight each other. and
0: <laughs> You saw a fight?
1: Yeah, there's fights everywhere. All the time.
0: I've never seen a fight. I, I've I'm been...
1: Like, I mean, Good. like, Walmart, E-Town.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's disgusting. Is it get ratchet at Walmart and E-Town? Yeah. <laughs> I went to Walmart in northern Kentucky uh, at my aunt's near my aunt's house two years in a row. I think my, my freshman year and sophomore year uh, in college. And it was like there were some people who were like pushing others with carts and you know they have all the big deals in the middle of the aisle so it's hard to walk and people are like you know throwing an elbow here and there but i've never seen like an all out fight like you see online and stuff
1: yeah i mean people get trampled mhm <laughs> it's crazy
0: yeah that was that was a big problem several years ago when with those midnight openings and stuff people would just be Crushed up against the door or be trampled. Yeah, no, it's, it's disgusting. Um, but let's get into some some statistics around, you know,
1: Black Friday, Thanksgiving, Saturday and Sunday, and then Cyber Monday. That whole week um, kind of is put together as as one. So let's go through some of the statistics we've we've gathered here. Um, well, to start off, 151 million people, you know, go to shopping centers or malls over the weekend. On over Black Friday this, this alone, this past weekend, yeah, 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 and on Black Friday alone, as far as revenue goes, it's it's tough to you know aggregate all the revenue together because there's so many different stores. Mm-hmm. It's easier for online, but as far as like total retail sales on Black Friday, is projected to be about twenty three billion dollars.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Um,
1: which is a pretty good increase, about four percent year over year, um, apparently, um, mm-hmm. and I think that you know has a lot to do with the economy. Yeah. The economy is pretty hot. Unemployment's low, and wages have been going up, so people have a lot more, you know, money to spend on Black Friday.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so that's kind of the the physical side of things. Obviously, we'll we'll get more into detail about the technology, but every year online shopping becomes bigger and bigger. Uh, last year, just talking about one place specifically, Amazon took forty five percent of all of the online transactions on Thanksgiving and then 55% on Black Friday. So, I mean, we've talked about Amazon over and over on this podcast. They're just freaking huge. Um and then this year they're projecting a 30% increase in e-commerce sales online in the Black Friday weekend year over year. Um that's wild. Which that's crazy cuz you think last year, I mean, everybody was shopping online last year, but this year's even more so. If you
1: compare that to the 4% year over year of- as a whole for retail sales mm-hmm. and it's 30% online. And that shows you how quickly people are moving online right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just completely shifting over. So I, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast quickly before, but the company I'm currently working at elevate digital commerce, I mean, in the name of the company, you, you can tell that we deal a lot with e-commerce um, and we're, you know, we've launched a couple sites recently for clients and then we deal with a couple others. Um, you know and we've obviously talked about the strategy around black friday and cyber monday and what i've noticed is that all of them are just running the sales a couple of them ran from like wednesday but the others started midnight on black friday and they're just running through monday um and these were things that they were talking about long ahead of time you know obviously there's going to be strategy behind anything but it's not that e-commerce is an afterthought or it's an add-on or it's a it's just another piece of the Black Friday sale. It's that the, the e-commerce was in itself its own sale and online shopping was considered its own thing around this holiday shopping season, um, not just another piece.
1: Yeah, it's gotta become a priority for everybody. And whether it's you know the the big box stores or uh, you know, the famous retailers, whether it's you know, Nike or Adidas, even down to small businesses, they've gotta they've gotta figure out a way to sell online. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's where the people are moving, especially mobile. You know, mobile is you know, growing really quickly as well as far as shopping goes.
0: Yeah. I still personally don't like buying things on my phone. I'd rather pull out my computer.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just the desktop view definitely has its advantages.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but when you know what you're looking for, I feel like it's you know just as easy to do it on mobile. Plus, you can do mobile payments pretty easily with like Apple Pay and stuff on, yeah. on the iPhone.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, we could do a whole episode on that. That's pushing forward the, the mobile e-commerce space so far. But definitely Apple Pay and then Google Pay Google Pay is coming up as well. Yeah. I mean,
1: online shopping, I, you know, this is another example. It doesn't really have anything to do with Black Friday. But the other night, you know, my dad works for a brake company that supplies a lot of the big traditional car companies like Toyota and Honda. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we got to talk about Tesla because Tesla's totally you know disrupting the the auto space and we were talking about how you can buy a Tesla, how easy it is. And so anybody listening that wants to check it out, I encourage you to go to you know Tesla's website and just pick one of their cars, go through the flow, and then look how easy it is to actually buy one. I was one click away from buying a Tesla. Yeah, and it probably took me two minutes, and I could pay with my iPhone. I could pay with Apple Pay. So everything's starting to move to online commerce. Even cars. Even a sixty thousand dollars purchase of a, you know, Tesla Model Three is just as easy as you know three minutes of my time. So everybody yeah. has to you know strategize.
0: And and the thing is, obviously, there's going to be that small percentage of people who just decide they want a Tesla and get on their phone and and buy a Tesla. Um, but the thing is, that's not. They're not. Thinking of that website, that flow that you went through as the whole sales funnel. I mean, obviously they're doing so many different kinds of marketing techniques, but they have their dealerships, they have the test driving, and they realize that you're going to go through your own journey. But when you're ready to make that last step out of the funnel, it's going to be as easy as possible, and they want you to do it in a minute.
1: Yeah, I mean it's so much better of an experience than going to a lot test driving, spending time with the salesman, you know, trying to upsell you on everything, trying to force a sale. Tesla kind of sells itself. So they know that. So mm-hmm. they're trying to see, you know, make that um experience streamlined.
0: Yeah. This might be a little bit of a millennial point of view, but I think a cool thought experiment with it is if you wanted a Tesla and you liked it nine out of ten and you liked this other car, you know, a Chevy, for example, exactly the same, nine out of 10. And you could wait till Monday when the Chevy dealer opens and, and go see a salesperson. And you've already test driven and everything. You don't need to go through that, but you need to sit down and buy the car versus you can just hop online and buy the Tesla. Just that that smooth process of buying the Tesla could sway your whole purchasing decision. Yeah, Absolutely. I think yep. that's, and that's something they realize and any kind of friction you can take out of purchasing, whether it is a Tesla or it's a $5 uh, shampoo with one of the clients I'm working at at Elevate, it it matters about how people view your store, how people go through the flow of your store, and how you strategize around their purchase as not just in addition to a, to a potential physical purchase.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about um, the have you done that Kroger uh feature where you can order online and go pick it up? I have not, no. Apparently uh, that piece of commerce is growing like super quickly. I don't understand why that's I mean I understand why people like it more than going into the store, but mm-hmm. it's growing at a rate of, you know, 90 I looked this up and I couldn't believe it. Um, 91% increase in that version of shopping uh, the
0: other buy online and physical pickup pick up, yeah the only time I've ever done something like that is I think it was at Target it might have been Best Buy but I think it was Target um, for a for an Alexa actually they had a sale uh, and they were they were almost sold out about a year and a half ago or so um, and so I was online checking the stock and the, you know, the stock of the the products and they had it. So I went ahead and purchased it and I picked up. Um, so for instances like that, I would do it, but I, I've never done a, a normal purchase where I would rather go pick it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was interesting. Like that's increasing 91% online shoppings increasing 30% mm-hmm. and brick and mortar shoppings decreasing 9%. So I just thought those were yeah. all interesting. You know, yeah. You're over year. Changes. Yeah,
0: that's a cool stat. I think the economics of the in-store pickup probably makes sense for a lot of people because um, I don't know about the, the click list, which is what Kroger has specifically, but I know like Target and Best Buy and those stores, um, in-store pickup is, is free. So you just walk to the front counter and you you pick it up for the same price as if you walked in and you went and found it. Um, so you save a couple minutes there versus paying for delivery, And even with with the groceries, you have to pay for delivery. But if it's free, you can just go grab it. So it's kind of a hybrid, which is the best case for a lot of consumers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know my mom's been doing it, but I'm just wondering, like, what's driving that to increase so significantly? I guess Mm -hmm. I I, I couldn't find it, but I'm guessing it's, you know, just a factor of, you know, shipping, saving on shipping costs. um, And I guess just the convenience of it convenience of it of being in your yeah. in your hometown and being able to go pick
0: it up at the end i mean i think it ties right back into what we were talking about tesla uh smooth the purchasing decision i mean at the end of the day make it as convenient for the consumer you know whether it's an online flow or a, a physical pickup if you make it better for the consumer they're going to spend more money yeah yeah um but yeah so let's i we have our notes here to kind of let the listeners behind the curtain a little bit and you wanted to compare Black Friday to Alibaba's Singles Day. I know that that happened a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to talk a little about that?
1: Yeah, so Alibaba is by far the biggest online retailer in the world. Um, yep. you know, Amazon has a much higher market cap than Alibaba, which I'm, I think Alibaba is a buy right now to those people that invest. Uh, but aside from that, um, Alibaba in a single day, Does thirty-one about thirty-one billion in sales, total revenue, and transactions um, on a single day? So six hundred million people shop on Alibaba in a single day and Mm -hmm. spend about thirty-one billion dollars on their on their websites, Uh, and that's compared to you know online on Black Friday alone, uh, it's like six billion, and as far as the whole weekend goes, it's fourteen billion. So Alibaba in a single day does 31 billion and on a single you know on on the whole 4 days in the US it's it's like 14 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just wild. And then Amazon Prime Day is 4 billion. So Amazon Prime Day doesn't even compare to Alibaba's Singles Day.
0: Yeah. So Singles Day only started like 5 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um so in my mind and maybe this is just cuz I'm not in their main market which is China, but Alibaba is Kind of like a wholesaling website, I would go there if I wanted to buy fifty flash drives or something. Um, well, uh, they have two different They have a few different sites so they have sites for
1: uh, like what you just mentioned, so wholesaling, mm-hmm. but they also have sites direct to consumer okay um, so they're they're selling to both the stores and the you know retailers at wholesale and they're also selling direct to consumer so they own a lot of the supply chain and they also have their own payments platform, their own you know version of netflix
0: yeah i mean um, they are amazon It sounds like just amazon. like amazon yeah. yeah they're
1: the amazon of of china but even yeah. bigger
0: do they have the dtc sites here in the u.s or is that specifically to china um I,
1: I mean it's it has to be specifically in china it's like called Tao, i believe
0: i've heard of that yeah yeah because I, I mean i went on and looked at singles day and i was just i was just obviously they had the branding but i was just seeing wholesale deals so with, I mean, we talked about the growth of e-commerce and, and innovations and in these big companies and everything. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's all this real estate and there there's all these stores that are that are still physical and that are still going to have sales, whether it's Black Friday or any other day. Um, but I mean, with the 30% year over year e-commerce growth on Black Friday and the, the double digit growth overall year over year. Physical retail is getting pinched more and more. Um, And one thing that I think is going to, I don't want to say save physical retail, but is going to continue to keep it relevant is the idea of experiential retail, where people, whether they're making a purchase or not, when they're in a store, they're having an experience with a product, with a service, with a brand, which is going to drive them to purchase eventually. And, you know, you can have all kinds of digital experiences as much as you want, but it doesn't match a physical experience. I mean, that's what Fuji is built on and that's what physical retail is built on. So one of the examples I saw um, was Vans. Vans has a store in London that is a skate park. I mean, that's their brand, that's their market. You walk in and you can buy their shoes and you can skate in them right away. Um, So it's that idea where you can have a brand experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, if yeah, physical stores are not changing the experience, whether it's, you know, adding a skate park or adding a restaurant or a coffee shop um, mm-hmm. or d- going to the extreme and, you know, having no cashiers like those AM- new Amazon ghost stores.
0: Yeah, or, I went to one of those here. They they yeah. just opened two of them and they're opening a third.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what's happening. Um, I think it will be a long time before online sales eclipse, you know, in-person sales uh, or, or, you know, in-store sales because mm-hmm. um, that's just the vast majority of all, you know, retail sales. So it'll be a while. Yeah. But I mean, you can see the evidence. I mean, Sears bankrupt, Toys R Us bankrupt, Macy's, JCPenney, you know, all those companies are really hurting because they haven't changed their experience over the years. Yeah. Um, and you're, we're going to continue to see companies like that go bankrupt just because people aren't interested in just walking in a store um, anymore and just going straight to a rack and buying something. They want an experience and whatever that experience might be, um, it really needs to be improved.
0: Yeah. There's uh I'll talk about both the the Amazon Go store and and Macy's, but just to hit on Macy's because you brought it up, there's a a Macy's location here in downtown. It's right on Michigan Ave. Uh, and it's eight floors. It is eight floors of Macy's. It is absolutely massive. Um, and I had to to go in there to get some jeans and I walked in, and the first floor is all of those, um, beauty and and perfume. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what you'd expect, which for a lot of people, that's a good experience. It doesn't really apply to me. So I had to walk through all of it. And I looked at this directory and seven floors were either women's kids or home. I had to go to the eighth floor, uh, to get to the men's section. So I took escalators, eight floors up. I finally get up there. And I mean, there's every brand known to man on that floor. And I needed to go to the Levi's section. Um, I yeah. was on a mission. I knew what I wanted. So I, I had to deal with all this other crap. For some people, it might be nice to be able to see everything physically. But for a driven consumer, I mean, it was an absolute nightmare to go in there. Um,
1: yeah. So That's just that's just not sustainable anymore. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, that real estate you just described and the other real estate where Macy's is, is, is just too valuable to have you know that much space taken up by you know, eight floors of stuff you you can easily buy online. Yeah. So I mean that's just not sustainable. Um because what what has happened is instead of eight floors, now you go to Amazon and you have, you know, ten thousand pages to browse rather than have to, you know, physically walk
0: around a store. Yeah. So I I finally got the the Levi's, but what I would have rather done is go to the Levi store They were having a sale at Macy's. That's why I went there. But the Levi's store, you walk in and they have their fit guide of all their different cuts of the jeans and you can try them on and they have, you can like take a picture in front of the snow or, you know, whatever the the theming is. And while that's not a perfect experience, that's a lot better um, than dealing with these, this big store like Macy's. And that's why Sears went out of business. Um, That's why Macy's and JCPenney aren't doing so great. Um, It's just because they, they fail to innovate. Um, Tying it back to what we were talking about before, that Amazon store, um, that's a convenience store. And when they first announced that store, I thought it was weird that they were focusing on the convenience model. So for people who don't know, Amazon go is a completely cashierless list store. Um, you buy or you don't buy, you download the app uh, and you hook it up to your Amazon account and you have a little barcode on your phone screen. So you walk in, you scan the barcode and it knows that that's you and it will film you. It will track you. It has weight sensors. It has heat sensor sensors. It has um, computer vision in their cameras. It knows where you are. It knows what you pick up, what you put down and so on. So you grab what you want and you walk out. Um, I thought it was weird that they were focusing on convenience stores. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that with jeans? Um, But I went to the one here in Chicago, and it makes perfect sense. I walked in. I needed a drink. I grabbed a drink and walked out. Um, So they know that that model works with that kind of store, and they made it seamless once again, but they made it a fun experience for me to just go in there, fiddle around with whatever I want to, but be confident at the end of the day that I'm not going to charge for anything. Um, yeah. So whether it's technological innovation or a brand innovation, um, pushing forward is where retail has to go.
1: Yeah. And same thing with, so they're doing some. they're going to be doing, they're going to start doing this with their bookstores as well. Uh, mm-hmm. In New York, I went to one of their bookstores, Amazon bookstores. And the unique thing about their bookstores is they use all the data from online, their online side of things uh, to influence, you know, all the shelf space at the bookstore. So all of the books there, or all the top rated books at the time on their website. Um, and so when you walk around the store, you almost, I had a hard time. Like I had a hard time because I wanted to buy all the books because (laughs) like they were all, you could just tell like they're all great books. Yeah. So like when you walk into Barnes and Noble, they're not using a whole lot of big data to determine what books they put on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Amazon, every book that you see is going to be one of the top books you know, on the New York times list or even on, you know, Amazon is now the new, you know,
0: replacing that. Yeah. And they can target it by zip code or even by street too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, sure. Some books are more popular in New York than they are in LA or whatever. uh, And they can target that model. It's just another example of an experience,
1: you know, driven by, you know, big data and, you know, streamlining the whole, the whole process.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it'll be cool. I mean, this is probably years away, um, but some store, I'll just stick with Levi's as the example, um, if they or Amazon or whoever knows what jeans you've bought in the past and what other clothes you've bought in the past, and you walk in and it picks up your phone, whether you scan it or it's a, a beacon or GPS or whatever, uh, and it quickly grabs you know, the, the types of jeans you like and the, the types of shirts that go with that or whatever, and it, it sets you up with a little fitting room um, that's exactly your taste just using that data to make the best experience for you possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's going to be a whole, whole slew of innovations coming here soon.
0: And you tie that, tie that with augmented reality. You can try them on without even trying them on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Amazon might be selling a mirror that you put in your house and you can try on clothes in the mirror.
0: That's the next step. I mean, they already have the, uh, the echo look, which just uses computer vision to judge your, uh, your outfit so the next step is just to couple that with a mirror and then turn on augmented reality i need that what's it called uh it's the echo look it's it's an Alexa device that just judges your outfit so it could be positive or negative
1: huh but you can start looking the same
0: yeah (laughs) you can just try on different outfits and it'll tell you which one it looks better it's cool um but let's wrap it up and get back to to black friday at the end here, you know, we were talking about people lining up at the beginning uh, of the podcast and though a lot of people call those door busters, um, you know, you, because you'll bust down the door because the deal is so great. I don't think that's a thing much more because of online retail and be, because of this extended shopping season that's all kind of blurred together. And I think it'll be even less of a thing as more things play into a subscription model.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, everything um, is just moving towards the the easiest route. So people don't want to, again, like I said, people fight when they crash through those doors at 12 o'clock and they try to mm-hmm. grab every TV and every tablet they can get their hands on. It's just disgusting. So people don't want to deal with that anymore because um, it's starting to be the desperate, desperate people that are just going there to buy those things. It's It's just not going to sustain itself. Um uh, so door I think door busting is gonna be, you know, over in the next few years. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna move all the
0: Yeah. And I know you've done a lot of research into the subscription model and you're pretty long on it, um, as you should be. Um, since you've kind of looked into a lot, how do you think that sales and, and flash sales could play into that economy in the future?
1: Yeah. I mean, as far as like major sales go, it doesn't really fit the subscription economy as well as it does you know, one-off purchases like clothing or electronics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, One, because, I mean, it's a long-term relationship. You're not paying for the entire service or the entire good uh, with one purchase. You're paying over a long period of time. So it doesn't make sense to, you know, give a huge discount, especially Mm -hmm. for the company that's selling the service or the good. Um, So, you know, that's one problem. Um, And I mean, the other problem is, you know they want to collect data um they don't want to just you know get you through the door and and you, leave you alone uh right after they get you with that initial discount they want to you know keep you in the long term and collect your data um and so that's why you know retailers have a hard time you know targeting their customers uh you know cuz their brick and mortar model doesn't work with data um with SaaS the whole SaaS economy is built around data mm-hmm. so it's a matter of collecting data on the subscribers and based on what that data tells you, uh, companies will completely change their business model, tweak it so that it's best for the customer and so that those customers continue to subscribe over time. Yeah. Um, so you might see a discount on the first month, you know, every time you go to you know Wall Street Journal or Financial Times or some of these, um, you know, online newspapers, you know, the newspapers have moved online and have completely moved to subscription models they might discount the first month, but in the long run, it doesn't really make sense for them to discount it. Um, so like Spotify is another example. Spotify might give a nice discount to you know students just to get them on the platform, but eventually they're not students anymore. And so the price will go up over time. They so got me with that. Of, yeah, 100%. So they'll give you a discount in the short run. in the mm-hmm. long run, it just doesn't make sense because it's a long-term relationship.
0: Yeah, I think you kind of you kind of danced around this. Um, You know, when when a product, whether it's a a giant TV or clothes or whatever has a sale, um, they have to discount it, they have to mark the price down, because it's usually not something that that people need that people feel an immense value out of, you know, it'd be nice to have the new TV, it'd be nice to have the new clothes. Um, but you're going to use the TV a few times and you'll get used to it. You're going to wear the clothes a few times and then something new comes out. So they they discount it to make it more worth it. But if you have you know a subscription product, whether it is news or whether it's a, a tech platform like Spotify, at the end of the day, those platforms survive because they provide value to the consumer. So while you can do small discounts here and there, and they do, you don't need to discount in the same way physical products do because you're providing that long-term value and you know yeah. cons- consumers are smart the market is smart if there's value then people will be there regardless of the price
1: yeah i mean if you look at one company and this company is actually moving 100 percent to the subscription model uh you wouldn't guess it um and it's been a lot of there's been a lot of controversy around this company recently because of their last earnings but apple mm-hmm. apple doesn't get many discounts on their products because they know it's a long-term relationship with their clients And with their with their customers, you know, once you get in that Apple ecosystem, it's a long term relationship, and Apple knows that. Mm -hmm. So what they did on their last sales or on their last uh, earnings call is they said they're going to stop telling, you know, all these analysts, and they're going to stop reporting their device sales. Yeah, because what they're doing is they don't care about their device sales as much anymore, as long as as much as they do the individual Apple IDs. So whenever you get into the Apple ecosystem, you get an ID. And so yeah. what's happening with Apple now is they're moving towards a subscription model uh, where, you know, you get a new iPhone every every so many years.
0: Yeah. And then just a subscription. You're just yeah.
1: subscribing to the hardware. And then there's all these other different add-ons, whether it's the cloud, uh, Apple Music, um, and, you know, they have all these add-ons. Um, so it's a subscription model, whether people know it or not.
0: Yeah. The, the, Software, the, those services are already there. They call it their services sector. It already makes up about a third of their, their revenue, which is absolutely insane. You know, thinking they sell $1,000 phones and your $2 iCloud membership makes up a third of their revenue. Um, but their hardware is moving there too. Like you said, they ha- they have their uh, iPhone Forever or Apple Upgrade Program, whatever it's called, um, where you pay per month and then you can just give it back and pay per month for the next phone. Um, yeah, so there's, we're slowly the, moving this yeah, we're moving to SaaS hardware, and they're just going to be making more money over time. Apple Health,
1: Apple Health would be a huge revenue generator on the SaaS end mm-hmm. uh, for Apple over time. So, yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna start to see a big shift in technology and the way people interact with brands, whether it's you know retail, technology, or you know online commerce like Amazon. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty crazy. Yep.